0: philippe matthews show at the pm show.tv name the oprah of the internet by mark victor hansen philippe matthews doesn't ask questions that are different he simply asks questions that make a difference edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow.
1: Hey, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, uh, and uh, I'm happy today that I got her back. Uh, she's super, super, super duper busy. Uh, she is a, a financial wizard, uh, money management wizard, uh, and uh, uh, of the world. Uh, her name is Natalie Pace. She's got a new book called The ABCs of Money, and I'm so honored to have you back, my dear. How are you?
0: I'm great. Nice to be back, Salif. Thanks for having me.
1: You're you're very, very welcome. All right. Uh, we got a lot to talk about <laughs> just the here, uh, since the last time you were here. Since uh, the last time you were here, the world has just come to an end. Uh, <laughs> we are in dire straits here in America in terms of this economy and the economics, uh, and uh, you have some uh, powerful... Uh, ideas uh, uh, and uh, suggestions in the ABCs of money. Uh, Tell me why you decided to put this book out.
0: Well, the first reason I'm putting this book out is because my mission is to transform lives on Main Street. Um, I thank you so much for your very kind accolades. Um, As you can imagine, when I was ranked the number one stock picker in 2005, I was offered many opportunities to just manage money and manage hedge funds and I decided that I would um, have a much more rich life personally if I transformed lives on Main Street than if I just made rich people richer. So I am in this business to empower people. I want them to know that um, they can replace wisdom with um, fear. So everything that you're afraid of, it's very easy for people to... Uh, maximize that fear and then profit from it when you actually replaced all that fear with wisdom and strategies that work then not only your life becomes richer but the whole world does because the truth is you know there's so many people that are blaming politicians for the problems and the debt in America you know, consumers have $11 trillion in debt. One third of Americans are obese. Do you know how much more money we spend on medical care than other countries around the world just because of that? You know, there's so many ways that we could, as a community, as a person, in our own lives, in our families, um, you know, live a richer life. And part of it is adopting my Thrive Budget, which is one section of the ABCs of money. And the other part of it is understanding that compound games Gains is Your Ticket to Financial Freedom, and that's what the rest of the book is about.
1: All right, so what's going on with the economics here in this country? Um, We are, uh, the last time uh, uh, we talked, we were talking about uh, (laughs) Occupy Wall Street. I have no idea what the hell happened to there. Uh, (laughs) One moment they were on the news, the next moment they were not, and the news was trying to keep them off. Uh, for whatever reason. I don't even know if they're still active. Uh, And uh, clarify if we are in a recession, a depression, or some other uh, tech term. What's going on with the economics in this country right now?
0: All right, I'm going to take it twofold, and the first one I'm going to do uh, is the Occupy because that's easier to answer, and the truth is that the Occupy movement as a movement is still alive and kicking, and it's on the social networks extremely strong, and the um, the second thing is that all the people that were so mad... That they got to get – look, some people have become just disenchanted with Occupy because they thought, oh, well, it's too um, too leftist-leaning and it didn't have enough solutions, et cetera. But all the reasons that all those people came together and were attracted to that, which was basically as an anti-Wall Street movement mm-hmm. – that's still pretty alive and kicking. I I know "bankster" is a new term. I don't know if they have it in the Merriam-Webster in, in dictionary yet, but they should. And uh, so, people I think are in general fed up, right? So, um, and and honestly, truthfully, this is something that, that kind of gets my goat. As taxpayers, we bailed out the banks, and yet banks are taking homes back from people that could viably be in their homes if they were just offered a fair deal. I'm not saying speculators, I'm saying, you know, homeowners, but working homeowners, Mm -hmm. if they were offered a fair deal, and if everybody took a haircut, including the banks, instead of the banks giving it to them every which way they can. Um, you know, we would be all in a better situation. So what are we in? Are we in a a Great Recession? Are we in the Depression? Are we in a bull market? Are we in a bear market? The truth is that... um, none of this will be defined definitively until after the fact that, you know, the, nobody during the great depression knew that they knew they were in tough times, but they didn't know that they were in the great depression. You know, that comes back to be defined. And in actuality, the great depression had bull market years and then years that pulled back. It had a roller coaster, just like we're experiencing today. So it is possible that this great recession that we just got out of, that we're not supposed to begin anymore is part of a larger, uh, Trend, and one thing I can tell you is what, no matter what we call it, it's slow growth. No matter what we call it, it's high debt. No matter. Uh, what we we you
1: back to another one because that's what speculation is out there. Is that uh, we just got out of uh, uh, you know out of the pot, and now we're getting ready to go into the fire? Uh, Any merit to that?
0: Um, you know, look. There's always risks out there. What I can tell you are just uh, what the statistics are, what the projections are, and what my personal take is. So um, the the projections are that we should experience 2.3 to 3% growth. In this year, that means that we 're not in a recess- we 're not going back into a recession in two thousand and thirteen uh, The other statistics are that the year after the election is usually a good year for the markets, not over a 100-year period, but over our 25, 10, and 20-year period, we've been doing much better in the year after the election than we did in uh, the year of the election. So there are signs and projections that this year will be better than next, than last year. There's also signs of a recovery in real estate. There's still a lot of shadow inventory, and I would be very concerned if I lived in a judicial foreclosure state. Um, I wouldn't bank on prices coming back and, um, in judicial foreclosure states, and there's still a lot of shadow inventory. So I wouldn't go out and run out and be a real estate speculator. However, there's great opportunity in hard assets right now. That's one of the best opportunities. You have real estate prices at a 10-year low, and you have uh, interest rates at a lifetime low. So a lot of people are saying, hey... The easiest way I can get safe is not only to buy my own home, but also to think about having income property. Buy a second home and rent it to somebody. Now, you might not be cut out to be a landlord, and also you don't want to buy that home that ends up in the sinkhole like that one in Florida. So it's not as easy as just running out there and grabbing onto something. but. Mm -hmm. There are um, – it doesn't matter. Even during the Great uh, Depression, there were people that were seizing opportunities and doing much better than others. And always the person with the plan is going to do better than the person that's hanging on to fear.
1: Sure, that makes sense. Um, That's something we do on CNN that uh, literally shocked the hell out of me. And that was what was going on in Greece with the banks. Um, Cyprus? Yes, in Cyprus. Can that happen here in America?
0: Well, it didn't happen, right? It could have happened, and it didn't. We bailed the banks out. So um, I would say... So you if we
1: hadn't bailed the banks out, that's literally what could have happened? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's scary as hell.
0: Well, yeah. So we bailed out the banks. We It didn't happen here because we bailed them out. But I wouldn't uh there are many things like people, first of all Cyprus is a tiny little island in um in you know near Greece, but it was like the Cayman islands of Europe and also Russia, so it was what is called a tax Haven, a tax shelter. So it attracted the uber-wealthy who were trying to evade taxes. Now, part of their problem was that they had invested in a lot of Greek bonds. So the first lesson from Cyprus is this, and this is something that everybody in America needs to know. Bonds are dangerous. They are not safe right now. Traditionally, they're considered safe, and it was a way to earn gains during the Great Recession when the stocks dropped so low. Mm -hmm. Going forward, bonds could be worse than stocks. So people need to get the memo on what's safe in a debt world, and bonds are not those things. And then the second thing is that it was a tax haven. So it's not like... Look, the, the local Cypriots, and it's so sad that local folk really get, you know, in trouble with these kind of things, but they do. But the rest of it was really wealthy people who were trying to avoid paying taxes and uh, corrupt people who were... Well,
1: we're back with Natalie Pace talking about the ABCs of money. We're in the discussion about... Uh- Uh, what happened in Cyprus, what happened in in Greece and and these offshore uh, uh, situations and the corruption that was uh, occurring that really was the catalyst for uh, this catastrophe, if you will, in banking. Uh, The question I have for you, Natalie, uh, is uh, is it safe to have an offshore account? And if so, uh, what, what, what do we need to look at? How do we need to go about it?
0: Well, um I'm gonna point people to my website because I actually did 12 things to learn about Cyprus on on my website right now. So go to nataliepace.com. If you're not already a subscriber, join me for 30 days free and look at the article, Cyprus um, collapse of a tax haven. So in short, I would not have an offshore account. And the reason is all of the developed world has been cracking down on tax evaders. So I think personally, I think um, morally even that, you know, if you're going to live in a society, why not contribute to, you know, having the streets paved properly? Why not contribute to defending your own nation? You know, why are you going to try to go and take all your money and stick it in Cyprus or or the Cayman Islands in the hopes that You know, you're not going to get taxed, but you're going to enjoy all the benefits of the, you know, everybody else carrying your burden for you. Now you see that that can be a catastrophe. You're taking a much bigger haircut, and you're giving it away to a bunch of gamblers and and corrupt people. I mean, actuality, I think it's, um, you know, it's insane that, you know, most of the Russian uh, people that, you know, the big wealthy Russians managed to find, quote, unquote, a, a branch open that they were able to withdraw their money. So they're not going to be the ones taking the haircut. You know, that just gives you a, a, a clue as to how corrupt that whole thing was.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what about those that say that the American dollar is not as strong as it used to be and that you should have? Uh, your money in other currency. What is your thought on that?
0: Well, it's very difficult to put your money in other currencies. And I would say, you know, look, we have all these kind of fear mongers out all the time. And some of the best-selling authors right now have these books out that were instilling fear, uh, you know, big, big, frightful names on them. And, in fact, they were promoting the euro as the other currency. If you had invested in the euro during the Great Recession, you would have lost so much of your money, uh, definitely, the the dollar is stronger than the euro. There's not, what other currency are you going to replace it with? People are being saying, oh, let's invest in a, the Iraqi dinar. Well, because it's so low. You know, it's not even traded on the world currency. You're crazy for going for crazy ideas like that. So, um, what I would say, however, is, um, you know, currency is something that's a very, very sophisticated, highly monitored, highly governmentally regulated thing. So, um, I don't think that most people are really sophisticated enough to invest well there or even to do those Forex trading platforms. The better idea, however, and this is outlined in the ABCs of money, uh, towards the end when we talk about bonds and uh, hard assets, there are countries in the world that are very low debt and have good GDP growth and you can invest in their equities and their bonds. And that can be a very good, very, 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 very good strategy for diversifying and protecting yourself even further. The truth of the matter is if America goes to hell in a handbasket, uh, the entire world is going to be in trouble we are still the world's currency. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, so so thank you for that uh and, and and clearing that up. One of the big issues of course uh is always debt debt debt. Um yeah. and your book is talking about uh uh debt in a in a in a very different way that I have not uh seen before uh in uh other uh books. You have a, 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 a ten step plan, if you will, uh, uh about debt. Um and uh, I, I think it's something that everyone should uh, uh, just for that section alone get the book. Uh but uh one of the things that was contradictory to me was uh uh pay yourself first uh, was yeah. one of the first things uh that you do to get out of debt which you know, for, for decades, uh, that was the thing you, you did last or never did at all.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people will, even today will say, well, the minute um, that I pay off my debt, then I'm going to start saving. there right. the, the, There's 59 billion reasons why that's the wrong thing, but <laughs> let's, let's start with the basics. Number one. If you are not putting 10% of your income into a tax-protected retirement account, whether it's your 401k or your IRA or your health savings account, you are not saving that money. You are just giving it to Uncle Sam. So Paying yourself is something that you do instead of giving it to Uncle Sam. Number two, your ticket to financial freedom is compounding gains. So, if you put 10% of your income into a tax protected account and that earns 10% gain, you'll have more money than you earn within 7 years and your money makes more than you within 25 years. Now you know as well as I do that your debt, the, the, percentage that you get to borrow at is directly equivalent to how rich you are. If you're a really rich person and you decide you want to borrow money, the bank will give it to you at a very low income rate. If you have a lot of debt, then they're going to charge you high income rates. So if you can increase your assets, then that directly affects also your ability to borrow at a lower rate or renegotiate down to a lower rate. But more importantly is that that is compounding and no debt collector can ever take it from you, no matter what. Like, I always use this example. How do you think that O.J. Simpson owed $33 million to the Goldman family, never paid a dime, and before he was arrested the second time, was living the rich life out in Florida playing golf when he owed $33 million? And people don't realize it's because he had his money in pensions and retirement plans can't touch it. You can't touch it no matter what. It's what I call financial predator-proof. Declare bankruptcy, they can't touch it. uh, Restructure your debt, they can't touch it. Uh, Commit murder, they can't touch it. I'm not suggesting you do any of those things. I'm just saying (laughs) you need to have your assets in a financial predator-proof account. And then the third thing, the thing about debt is this. You're overspending, you're spending more than you earn. So the ticket out of debt, it's not not putting money into the retirement account and earning that 10% gain, which, by the way, is what stocks and bonds earned over a 30-year period, including others, too. So um, it's not like you have to even be a rocket scientist to be compounding your gains. So the thing about debt is simple. You're spending more than you have. So the way out of it is, one, earn more, and two, spend less. By putting that 10% that you would just be giving Uncle Sam into a tax-protected retirement account and investing it so that it can earn a 10% gain, that's a raise for yourself. That's actually Mm -hmm. earning more. Mm -hmm. And then spending less, that's how you can read the next section, which is the Thrive Budget, and that's how you can get out of this mode of always feeling like you're buried alive in bills and struggling to survive. There are many ways without significantly reducing. Uh, in fact, I must tell you, if you adopt the Thrive budget and you limit your basic needs to 50%, which can be done in all kinds of great ways, you will have 50% to thrive on, including doubling your fund budget. So your life will be much richer if you do that.
1: That's amazing. Now, something else that I I, uh, I really like is the hello freedom mindset uh, <laughs> in the book. Talk to us about that uh, and and uh, what does what does that mean? Because again, uh, you talk about taking yourself first.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it, it came to me because the first, you know, I get a lot all kinds of people uh, coming to me. Natalie, I want to do this. I want to do that. How do you help me do this? So someone had actually inherited a million dollars. Now, before they inherited this million dollars, it was pretty clear it was not taxed. It was through a life insurance policy. Before they inherited that, they had been living off of credit cards, so they had amassed a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. So she comes to me and she says, "Natalie, as soon as I pay off a hundred thousand in debt, I would like you to help me invest nine hundred thousand dollars right and so i my first thing to her is I said, Why in the world do you want to go from being a millionaire to a thousandaire so that's what I'm talking about like do you have debt or do you have wealth consciousness? If you mm-hmm. earn a 10% mm-hmm. gain on a million dollars, what is that? That's $100,000. So a person with wealth consciousness would say, I'm now a millionaire. I'm going to renegotiate my debt down to a, a affordable you know, 4% interest rate or something lower with, that's secured by this million. And then I'm going to pay it off with my gains. I'm going to keep my principal intact. I'm going to stay a millionaire.
1: Fascinating. You say there, so let's talk about the differences between a debtor, spender, and investor or wealth uh, uh, consciousness uh, individual. I, I, what are the differentia- differentials between the three?
0: Well, again, the biggest difference always is what are you thinking about first? Are you thinking about spending first, or are you thinking about investing first? Are you thinking about paying off debt first? Are you thinking about investing first? When your money comes in, do you pay bills first? Do you think about investing first? Um, if you're healthy, do you worry so much about health insurance that you have a $100 deductible that you haven't used in 30 years? And guess what? Maybe you're paying $500 a month in health insurance. You're not even using it. You could get a high deductible and do a health savings account, invest the money, and have that be another piece of your Buy My Own Island Fund. You know, so again, once you shift out of, and a part of that too, there's a buyer beware chapter. You know, when you realize that everything that we get in our lives, we are sold. And most of the time we're sold by a commission-based salesman who makes more money if they sell you more than you can afford. Nobody Mm -hmm. is looking at your budget but you. So if you have, again, I don't like counting receipts. The Thrive budget isn't set up like that. It's not, I think that cutting out cafe. Makes you cranky. I don't think that's a good wealth benefit. So, um, you know, there are ways just by being mindful. And honestly, it's the big ticket items that you start with. You know, uh, food. I mean, not food. Sorry. Housing, transportation, um, health insurance. Those are in most of our budgets. Electricity. Those are all things that are the biggest ticket spending, and most of those can be reduced without, with actually enhancing our lifestyle.
1: You know, it's, it seems that everything is about education.
0: <laughs> yeah, education,
1: sure. and empowerment, and being proactive. I, I really uh, love this approach uh, in the book. I, I really, really do.
0: Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because, and this is something I hope that everybody on this call will take advantage of. If you read the ABCs of Money and write a review on Amazon, and please tell your friends because it's free right now. All you have to do is go to nataliepace.com and click on the cover. You can download it for free. But if you write a review, we're gifting you a free 21-day Walk to Well Success Secrets of CEOs audio series valued at $95. So, what it does is it helps you to implement all the strategies that you're going to learn in the ABCs of money. And that's it. It's like the, the truth, Philippe, is that it's, um, it's less time and it's less money once it becomes your daily habit. So mm-hmm. in other words, it's like you know, sure, it's very easy to just be um, a shopper, an in debt consciousness because the minute you walk out your door, someone wants to sell you something, and the minute you don't pay your bill, the debt collector is the first person to call. Nobody is calling you and saying, "Hey, are you compounding your game? Hey, did you max out your Buy My Own Island fund? Um, hey, did you know you could reduce your health insurance and and ha- and invest some of that money? Hey, did you know that you could reduce to your electricity bill. So when you start doing that, when that becomes just the way things are for you, it's way less time, way less money, and so much more money for the things that you love to do.
1: I absolutely love it. Uh, as as always, I want you back on the show, uh, <laughs> and you can come back at any time. I don't care what you want to talk about. You can talk about Big Bird. I don't give a damn at his budget. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I just think that the ABCs of Money is is, um, an extremely timely uh, financial book that people uh, need. And it's easy to read. It's a very easy read. It makes complete and total sense. Uh, And it's not that difficult to uh, apply. I like that 21-day piece that you have in there to be able to change the behavior. So I just think it's terrific. Thank you. All right, Natalie, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, many blessings with uh, all of the work that you're doing, uh, and I uh, look forward to having you back on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Philippe. Have a great day.
1: All right, you too, my dear. Take care.
0: Okay, goodbye now.
1: All right.